Dr. Chris Hope, thank you very much indeed for talking to me in the Judge Business School White Paper podcast series. Can you tell me what the scale of the problem of deforestation is in the world today? Rather a large question, but I believe you've attempted to cost it as a policymaker. At the moment, deforestation accounts for about a quarter of all the greenhouse gases that go up into the atmosphere. So it's a very large part of the problem. And if we don't make some serious efforts to deal with it, it's going to carry on being a big part of the problem for decades into the future. And what we've done is look at just how serious those uh, greenhouse gases would be that come out of deforestation, just how much they would add to the temperature rise that we expect to see, and just how bad they will be in terms of their economic and non-economic impacts. And we've come up with an answer that about $12 trillion worth of impact will be caused if we allow deforestation to carry on. Very significant number. $12 trillion is $12 million million. It's a large sum of money. It's a large sum of money and difficult to get your head around. But I believe your research goes further because you've also done a cost-benefit analysis to show how that could be cut in half. Yes, uh, there are all sorts of measures being discussed in, in Poznan and will be discussed in Copenhagen at the end of next year to try and bring deforestation into the global negotiations for dealing with climate change. So what we've done is, in collaboration with Cisco and the government's Elias Review on deforestation, we've looked at a policy which would cut deforestation in half. We've looked at how much that would cost and how much benefit it would bring. Not surprisingly, the benefit it would bring is is almost half of the 12 trillion uh, damage that's caused by deforestation. It will bring about five and a half trillion dollars worth of benefit. And it looks as though it will cost about one and a half trillion dollars in order to uh, take those actions. So that gives you quite a good uh, excess of benefits over costs. It looks like a very good thing to be doing. Okay, so if we're cutting down a tree in a forest today. Can you take me on that cost-benefit trail and, and just tell me what the consequences are for carbon emissions? Trees, particularly those in uh, tropical forests, are very good stores of carbon. Uh, They uh, have been sucking it up out of the atmosphere for uh, decades. And when they're cut down, all of that carbon gets released as carbon dioxide very quickly. And whatever you put on the land, whether it's uh, grass to graze uh, cattle on or whether it's food crops, that's nowhere near as efficient at uh, at locking up the carbon as the uh, original forest was. So that's where the, uh, the, the problem comes from. You've been storing up the carbon for a long while in these trees very efficiently. You cut them down and they get burnt or they they just degrade and that carbon dioxide goes into the atmosphere. And as we know, that's one of the main greenhouse gases and that's what causes the problem. So you're basically saying if we don't cut down the trees, there's an economic benefit to the world and world economies because they're actually acting as storehouses for us. Yes, it's for the whole world indeed because what happens is if we do cut the trees down and the greenhouse gases go into the atmosphere, they mix all around the world and they cause problems all around the world. And what we do is we try and uh, measure those three different kinds of, uh, of problems that they cause. There's the economic ones, things like uh, farming becoming more difficult, uh, things like uh, buildings on the, on the coast being inundated by floods. Uh, there's non-economic uh, problems, which are things like health, 
issues caused by uh, the climate changing or uh, wetlands being inundated and being destroyed. And then there's the thing that people are really worried about, which is the potential for climate catastrophes, uh, Greenland ice sheet melting, the West Antarctic ice sheet melting. If either of those things happen, then the sea level rise will be six or seven metres. If both of them happened, it'd be 12 to 15 metres. It will completely redraw the map of the world. So the third benefit that we can get by trying to stop deforestation is to make it less likely that those kind of really nasty climate catastrophes are going to happen. And and do you think as a policymaker putting a figure, a sum of trillions of dollars on this is going to make world governments look up and think, ah, we've got to prevent world catastrophe in, in terms of climate change. Will those financial equations lead uh, opinion formers to change their policies? Well, it's a very difficult thing to do, of course. You have to have quite a a complicated model that we call an integrated assessment model. It puts together the science and the economics to to calculate these kind of numbers. And if you're honest, you have to say that there's quite a lot of uncertainties in the area as well. So although I've quoted the 12 trillion uh, dollar uh, benefit of stopping deforestation, we have to know there's quite a big range around that uh, because the science of climate change and the economics of climate change is, is still uncertain. But of course governments are faced with all sorts of different priorities for uh, taking action. We know at the moment that we've seen the problems with the banks, we've seen problems with recession and what we uh, can do is by putting some sort of economic figure on it say look here's a quite a big sum of money measured in trillions of dollars that's there available as a benefit for you. Surely you don't want to be just leaving that lying on the table at the moment. It's especially at this time you want to make sure that any uh, easy gain that you can have or any uh, a big gain like this is picked up. And it also revolves around the relationship between the developing world and the developed world in terms of what you now call, or what we call, carbon finance, doesn't it? That one is in fact not indebted to the other, it's the other way around. Yes, uh, although deforestation is about 20% of the uh, uh, climate change emissions, greenhouse gases, that still means that 80% of the problem comes from elsewhere and that 80% of the problem has largely been caused by people in developed countries, people in the UK, in Europe, in in America, the rest of the OECD. So it's undoubtedly true that uh, we are responsible for the major part of the problem up to now and it's up to us to lead the way in trying to work out how to uh, deal with it. And uh, all we're doing with these kind of calculations is showing that uh, there's a big prize there available for us if we can tackle deforestation successfully there's a prize measured in trillions of dollars there waiting to be picked up and uh, it's worth making some serious efforts both in uh, our part of the world the developed part but also in negotiating with developing countries and helping them to uh, play their part do you think as we go into 2009 and end 2008 in terms of a global recession and, and talk of bank bailouts and all of this, this carbon finance could become part of future economic strategies for governments to, if you like, restructure world economies? Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, not only the uh, benefits that you get from deforestation, but the benefits that you would get from tackling uh, carbon dioxide emissions and other greenhouse gas emissions in in our countries as well. If we do that in the right way, if we do that with carbon taxation or if we do that by auctioning uh, emission permits and making everybody having to buy them, we will get uh, large sums of, of revenue from that kind of action. And that could be used then to help restructure the economy, to help reduce 
reduce other taxes like income taxes or VAT, which are holding the economy back. And we would end up with a, with a healthier economy than if we don't try and tackle these kind of issues. And are you personally, Dr Chris Hope, optimistic or pessimistic about the future again as we, we go into a new year? Uh, it's quite hard to be optimistic at the moment, but I think that there is a way forward. There is a prize there at the end. It is worth trying to do something about deforestation, trying to do something about uh, the climate change problem more generally. And the benefits that we can get if we are able to show that this can be done and show that our economies will continue to grow and will indeed grow better if we tackle these kind of problems are really very large because at the end of the day we've got to get China and India and Brazil and the other developing countries along into any kind of agreement that's uh, that's made on this and the only way we can do that we can't force them to take an action that they don't want to take the only way we can do that is by demonstrating that this kind of thing works that by uh, tackling the climate change problem our economies will grow uh, better than if we don't tackle it and then they will want to come along they will see that that's worthwhile and then that's the possible source of optimism that i have so we'll cut that 12 trillion dollar um deficit there is in terms of carbon emissions in the future yes because we have to there's no choice dr chris hope thank you very much indeed for talking to me today in the judge at business school white paper podcast series you're welcome